0: Welcome back to another episode of Press On. I'm your host, Pastor Aaron Rios. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me and being a faithful partner with Press On. If you'd like to support this podcast, I'd invite you to visit my website, aaronrios.com. There you'll find the link where you can donate and support this ministry. You know, so many of us are sitting on the sidelines waiting for God to show up, for God to show up and do something, for God to show up and demonstrate Himself. But what if God wants to demonstrate Himself through you? And what if it's a matter of you getting up? What if it's a matter of you showing up? What if the ball is in your court and God is waiting for you to step up and start throwing the ball? You know, what if God is waiting for you to stir the passion within your own heart, but we're waiting to be stirred, and in doing so, we're missing the opportunities to give that same call, that same saying, Beckett, come and see my zeal for God. Welcome to Press On with Aaron Rios, lead pastor of Garden City Church located in Beverly, Massachusetts. We pray that you are enriched, challenged, and inspired to press on towards the cause of Christ. Today, I want to offer you the invitation to come and see my zeal. Come and see my seal. I know that almost sounds boastful or arrogant, but these are actually the words that you find from Jehu who would become the king of Israel. When's the last time that God's presence When's the last time that there's been a testimony in your life? When is the last time God has done something in your life that would merit an invitation to others? Think about that. When's the last time you invited somebody to church because God is genuinely doing something in your midst? When's the last time you ever opened up the Bible and genuinely had a story where you wanted to tell somebody else? Come and see what God is doing. Come and see this demonstration. That's what we're going to see here in 2 Kings 10. 16. You know, so many of us are sitting on the sidelines waiting for God to show up, for God to show up and do something, for God to show up and demonstrate himself. But what if God wants to demonstrate himself through you? And what if it's a matter of you getting up? What if it's a matter of you showing up? What if the ball is in your court and God is waiting for you to step up and start throwing the ball? You know, what if God is waiting for you to stir the passion within your own heart, but we're waiting to be stirred and in doing so, we're missing the opportunities to give that same call, that same beckon, come and see my zeal for God. Second Kings 10, 16, it says, Jehu said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. Then he had him ride along in his chariot. Where are we when these words are exchanged? Well, this is during the reign of King Jehoram. Jehoram was the son of Ahab and Jezebel. That name sounds familiar. I've talked about it in an earlier podcasts and in an earlier uh, earlier teachings. But you're also finding in this season, I've noticed in 2020, there's been a lot of talk about Jezebel. Well, Jezebel's not my point of focus today. But what's happening is God is now bringing judgment to the land through Jehu. God has called and raised Jehu up to be the tip of his spear. Now, the story begins to unfold in 2 Kings 9 when the prophet Elisha, or Elisha, Elisha, who is the contemporary for Elijah, he's the one who follows Elijah. he has sent to one of his servants, To go and find the captain of the army by the name of Jehu and to anoint him the king of Israel. Now, he's called Jehu for primarily two reasons. You can read about it in 2 Kings chapter 9, verses 7 through 10. But here's why you often find a man or a woman of God being called into service by God. Typically, the purpose is either to put an end to wickedness or to raise up the banner of righteousness. In this instance, Jehu has been called, as I said, to be the tip of the spear, to bring judgment into the land, primarily to end uh, the idolatry and the wicked rule of Jezebel. There's a second reason. Uh, it, it's always to see the word of the Lord fulfilled. 2 Kings 10.10 10 talks about that. The word of the Lord must be fulfilled. Judgment And the fulfillment of God's word are the ingredients in establishing righteousness. Have you been listening to God's word? Is God speaking to you? Now, maybe you'd say, well, I'm not under judgment and I'm not suggesting the United States is under judgment or you're under judgment because there is the other side of that coin. It's called repentance. You see, for righteousness to be established in your life, in your home, in your community, there has to either be judgment or there has to be repentance. I wanna ask you, do you truly want righteousness established? What is righteousness? Well, in one spectrum, righteousness is the action of doing what is right but it's not just doing what is right in your eyes or what's right in my eyes don't you know that if it's all about what's right in my eyes or in your eyes then we begin to define righteousness according to what we feel or think and you and i might have drastically different definitions of what is right there must be a higher standard that we're being called to a higher rule of law and i believe that god is the one who establishes true righteousness so i ask you again Do you want righteousness in the land? Do you want righteousness in your homes? Do you want righteousness to reign and to rule? It's gonna require letting your life ascribe to the righteousness of God. Jezebel's still in the story. What do we know about Jezebel? I've mentioned a lot about Jezebel in prior teachings and prior podcasts, but here's the thing about the character of Jezebel. It's recognized to corruption and idolatry and the murdering or silencing of the prophets. And for her, it was those prophets of the day. What did prophets signify? What did prophets do? Well, they brought the words and they spoke with the voice of the Lord in the land. Jezebel also manipulated and operated the leaders, weak leadership particularly. When we arrive at this passage, Jezebel, however, has been killed. She's been thrown down from a tower, and as I mentioned, the word of the Lord has been fulfilled, and the kingdom is in the process of being purged. Jehu is on a war path. So when we get to this passage, he meets a man by the name of Jehonadab, who's going to help him bring down the remaining Baal worshippers and, and and institute a new season of righteousness in the land, and this is where you hear him speak: "Come and see my zeal! Come and see my zeal!" At this point, this is a pretty gruesome story. This will make a great Mel Gibson movie. This will make a great uh, addition to if you like movies like Kingdom Come or or, or, or Braveheart. This is the reality. This is wildly you know, violent, but it's very important that we reflect. On what's happening because i believe that despite how gruesome this story is that we are living in a season of violence in a, a gruesome season in our land in this day and this age come on open your eyes look at the news are we not living in a time of violence babies are being slaughtered continually look at the civil unrest people beating each other's in the streets And think about the election of 2020. I don't know when you're going to listen to this podcast, but I imagine today that I'm recording this podcast, I'm just a day away. Today that I'm recording this podcast, we're just a day away from an election. I don't know what the future might hold, but should the future hold unrest, as many suspect? We need to find our anchor. We need to find our safe haven. We need to find our rock, our steady in the midst of all this. Because what we're seeing are not just political powers fighting themselves out. We are seeing a manifestation of spiritual conflict as well. Do you realize there's violence in the land? You aware of that? It is in the violence where righteousness actually begins to rear its head. You know, that's the pattern. It takes sometimes the crushing and the pressing, the difficulty in order to institute for a man or a woman of God to step up and say enough is enough. Let there be righteousness in the land once again. Somebody's got to get up and plant the flag. The flag of righteousness. So it's in the demonstration of zeal. When Jay uses come and see my zeal, it's in the demonstrating of that uh, that idolatry is crushed. I want don't miss that. See, we're waiting for things to happen before we get up and be the things that cause the results we want. Everybody wants a better culture. Everybody wants something better, but very few of us are getting up and doing something about it. We need men and women in our land who are ready to demonstrate a mighty zeal for God. Where are those who would say, see my zeal for the Lord? Come with me and see my zeal. I want to talk to you about this zeal. Come and see. Come and experience. Your assignment from God ought to grant you a vision which can be sustained through zeal. Whatever your call is, whatever it is that God has for you, you ought to have some type of a vision because of it. And that vision and that journey that you're on, it has to be sustained through zeal. Listen, many people have got vision, but they've got no zeal. They've got no passion. There's plenty of world changers that are sitting on the sidelines doing nothing because they ain't motivated. We gotta get motivated. We've gotta get motivated to see a move of God. How is zeal defined? I think you know what zeal is, but in case you don't, it's, it's a couple of definitions. A passionate ardor in the pursuit of anything. Passion, right? Zeal is an eagerness, a desire to accomplish or obtain something. You know, your zeal can, can be manifest or realized in, in favor, uh, in a thing, or sometimes zeal is actually realized even in opposition. You could have zeal in good or in bad. But I noticed that in order to incite zeal like a fire, there's got to be a couple of ingredients. There's got to be the oxygen. There's got to be the fuel. And there's got to be the match to start the fire. I think you find these things in God. We'll, we'll get to that in a second here. Jehu he is an example that zeal leads to the realization of a vision or recall. This is, this is what's birthed in the heart of a man or woman of God. See, when you meet Jehu, he was the captain of an army. Just living in a normal, corrupt system. When, 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 when the prophet meets him, it's just he's just a man living in a normal, corrupt system. I don't suspect jehu was an ordinary man i think there was significance in his blood how exactly it's not too clear to me at this point but what i do know is that when this man comes storming the palace riding his chariot uh, they see somebody coming at them and it's pretty evident that jehu has some type of a reputation they know it's him coming you see, what they did was they sent out a messenger to him. The messenger didn't return. They sent back a second messenger. That messenger didn't return. And the soldiers that are peering over the wall, they're watching an army coming at them. And somebody says, I, I don't know who's coming. That looks like Jehu. Who is who is charging us? People start getting nervous. People start getting a little anxious right now. I wonder, where's the men and women of God that are going to storm the gates of hell? I- I'm tired of-, of the men and the women of God getting uncomfortable around uh, the demonic and around the occultic and around the wickedness. It's time that the men and women of God start charging the gates themselves. Why don't we start making the enemy just a little bit nervous? Why don't we start making the enemy just a little bit uncomfortable? Somebody needs to get a zeal for God. Somebody needs to look to their brother or their sister and say, come with me and see my zeal for God. Put it on display. Let's make the devil nervous. I want to tell you quickly why we need some zeal, if you haven't picked it up already. Look, for Jehu, the zeal that he had, best that we can tell, best that I can tell, it seems to have come through the anointing. I don't think many of us are zealous or passionate for God because we're not walking in the anointing. Let me talk to you about the anointing very quickly. I'll do a separate cast on this uh, in the future once I've released my book. I've, I've been working on a book, sorry to plug it right now, but I've been working on a book, and uh, we, we dive into the anointing. But just very quickly, Exodus thirty thirty and Psalms one thirty 2. I think these are two great scriptures that we can derive a little bit of clarity on what the anointing is, because I think too often we've we mysticized the anointing. we made it into something mystical. I, I wanna bring some clarity. The Holy Spirit is not, to the best of my understanding, is not the anointing. Um, I think the anointing is a byproduct of the Holy Spirit, as we can find in Scripture. So let's break it down to practical understanding. When we find in exodus that Aaron has been commanded to anoint his children priests, the wording suggests that God's had already called them and appointed them. But it is the anointing that ratifies or makes it a legal binding uh, agreement. Now, uh, there's many people that have a passion to be a chef or a passion to to maybe practice medicine. Maybe when you were a child, you, you acted like a doctor or you've taken care of people in need and you've shown these qualities, these giftings and this talent. But I want you to know that without the proper certification, if you started trying to practice surgery on somebody, though you might have the call And though you might have the gifting and even the talent but you begin practicing medicine on somebody without the proper legal recognition you're gonna see yourself to jail or worse Uh, and so what what, I, i seem to recognize the anointing functioning in the same way you see they had the call they had the gift but it wasn't until the oil was poured upon their head Oh, something happened there. We came into agreement with what God already said, and now the calling and the gifting and the office is now ratified. And I think that's an aspect of the anointing. Now, think about what's what's happened there. The oil is being poured on somebody's head. They didn't do these little dabby dabs. They, they poured buckets of oil on people. They were saturated to the point that everybody's gonna recognize that you've been through a ceremony of some sort, a ceremony of significance, and now the evidence is all upon you. You've, you God spoke something, and the priest did something, and now I can see by the residue that is in your life, come on somebody, by the residue that is upon you that you are now certified, and legally called to function in whatever it is God has called you to function and, and, and while in the Old Testament the anointing was signified through oil I believe now in the New Testament the anointing is signified through the Holy Spirit but I think it goes a little bit further there because the Holy Spirit is not the anointing but I believe it's representative of the Holy Spirit in your life you see many of us need the anointing and the anointing much like that oil now I believe spiritually is the residue from being in the presence of God I think that people need to see something on you that says you've been with Jesus and I believe that the zeal and the passion that we see operating in the life of J. Hugh was a physical anointing but I believe the zeal for you and I is a spiritual anointing The zeal comes through the anointing I believe the anointing is contagious. When you spend time with Jesus, you've been feeling oppressed. You've been feeling weak. You've been feeling challenged. Some of us need to get on our faces before God and not leave that posture until his anointing, his residue, his presence is all over you. And then when you get up and you leave your prayer room, now watch out. You're lethal. You're ready to go. There is zeal in your life. And for Jehu, the zeal it was spread and encouraged into the life of Jehonadab. The zeal was encouraged when that invitation came out. And see if you read in verse eight, it says, "Are our hearts kindred? Is there a man who has a kindred heart? Are we on the same page? Are we going after the same thing? Are we trying to make the same thing uh, happen?" And uh, and this is how zeal works its way in your life. Are, are you being drained? Are you being discouraged or are you being encouraged to have zeal and passion? Are you surrounded by gossip and assumption and conversations and influences that rob you of the peace, of the presence of the anointing? Is your anointing being robbed from you? You need to protect the anointing. You need to protect that residue. You need to protect that evidence that you've been in the presence of God and let it instead spur you on. Hebrews ten twenty four says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The zeal was introduced into the life of Jehu through the anointing and that anointing flowed into the lives of those around him. Now, the second thing that we've learned about the zeal from this passage is that it always has to be demonstrative ever you'll find in the bible an instance where god mightily shows up in somebody's life and does something and anoints them and calls them with power and then says now just sit right there and do nothing god is always calling men and women to live lives that are demonstrative is your life demonstrative are you are you positioned to demonstrate you want god to do something in your life have you positioned yourself on the precipice where the glory where the presence where testimony can be visibly seen God called you to be the light God's called you to be a city on a hill not the city in a valley he hasn't called you to be a light that's snuffed out it must be demonstrative so for Jehu this demonstration meant war in this day and age to violence certainly he's not I'm not advocating any type of violence or physical violence but in this time in this season in this tribal culture it was certainly a call to action but today the call of violence is a spiritual call. Don't you know that we're encountering violence, spiritual violence? Matthew 11:10 10 says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and violent men take it by force. Don't you know that people have tried to advance in a violent fashion to go after their kingdoms and to go after even the kingdom of God? Don't you know there's been a great suffering of violence? It's time that the church rises up and violently takes hold of the kingdom of God, pulls it in, violently tears down the idolatry, violently puts their old natures to death that the presence of God would live through them and in them. Thirdly, zeal takes you places. Oh, come on. For Jehonadab, this meant walking the streets to riding in the king's chariot. Zeal will bring you to a place of kindredness. It'll bring you to the right community. It will take you to the next level. The zeal for the Lord will meet you where you are at and transport you to the king's destination. Let me ask you this. Do you feel stuck, stagnant? Has there been a lack of passion or any sense of victory? We need to passionately fall in love with Jesus once again. this is the only way to break the cycle. This is the only way to break the, the apathy. This is the only way to break the cold, passionless life and move into the next dimension. God is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Do you even know what God has in store for you? You probably don't. Corinthians tells us that no eye has seen and no ear has heard, and what no my human mind has conceived. These things God has prepared for those who love Him. Here's zeal. Here's where it comes from it comes from falling in love with Jesus. Are you in love with Him? Oh, Jesus, that I would love you with all of my heart, all of my soul all of my mind, all that is within me. God, I pray, bring me to a place of great love for you, that my zeal, my fire, my passion would be burning in me and demonstrative of you, my God. This is what it boils down to. Are you in love with Jesus? Are you in love with Jesus? I wanna pray for you right now. If you feel cold, if you feel drained, if you feel like there's a lack of passion, if you feel like you, you're not walking in victory, that you would take hold, oh, that you take hold of the victory, that you'd fall in love with Jesus once again. Can I pray for you right now? I'm gonna pray for you. And, and if this message is just kind of is in agreement with you, then I want you to send me a message and and I'll pray for you even again in person. Come on, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, God, 2020, this season has robbed me of passion, of zeal. God, I've become so apathetic. I've become so uh, complacent. Oh, Lord, I need a zeal. I need a passion. I need a fire burning in my heart. Once again, the true zeal, true passion is a demonstrated love for you. My God, I want to love you. I want to serve you. Please move in me. Please move in me. Would you just pray that right now? Just say, Lord, please move in me. I want to fall in love with you again. I want to fall in love with you, King Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just invite the Holy Spirit in right now. Say, Holy Spirit, would you come and set me ablaze for your presence? Holy Spirit, would you help me to to, to fall in love with you as I ought to? Help me fall in love with you like I should. Let there be a passion burning in me for you once again. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayers. Thank you that you set a fire to my soul a fire that cannot be put out, a fire that can burn no matter what's thrown at me. Put a fire in me that cannot be controlled, a fire that cannot be snuffed down. Let the fire of your spirit and the fire of your presence burn in me once again that I too may say, come and see my zeal for God. Hallelujah. Thank you, friend, for praying with me. If you need further support or prayer, I encourage you to reach out to me. You can email me at pastor at gardencitychurch.net or visit me at Aaron Rios. Com. Until next time, God bless you. Thank you for joining us. If today's message encouraged you to keep running the race, we invite you to share this message with others. You can join Pastor Aaron weekly at Garden City Church in person or online. Till next time, keep pressing on.